No, 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 no. Fuck you. You don't owe it to yourself, man. You owe it to me. Because tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'll be 50. I'll still be doing this shit. That's all right. That's fine. I mean, you sitting on a winning lottery ticket and you're too much of a pussy to cast it in. That's bullshit. I do fucking anything to have what you got. So what any of these fucking guys? It'd be an insult to us if you're still here in 20 years. Hanging around here is a waste of your time. Good morning, Hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll. He wants mojo filter. He said one Ten thousand years will give you such a crick in the neck. Got to be good looking because he's so hard to see. Comes He's the day. Ever disrespect my wife again, I will end you. Over me. <laughs> no matter what anybody says, you always be a prince to me. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NYC Actors Talk, Robin Williams a podcast series where we go through the best performances of Robin Williams and search for his greatest role. Nick, what's his greatest role? I I still don't know. I still have no idea. This has been like the hardest decision in my life at this point. Uh, yep. But today, we're talking goodwill hunting, and Nick, we got a special guest, don't we? That's right. Our very special guest is Tony Ortega, host of the Beautiful podcast, Bond and Beyond, a 007 podcast. Welcome, Tony. Thank you for having me, boys. <laughs> it's good to be back, Tony, right? I'm assuming. <laughs> this is the way. This is the way. This I'm just glad is you guys the had way. me on before the Mandalorian Season 3 uh, discussion. I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, here's the thing. We were going to wait for you to come back for that, yeah. but Mandalorian Season 3 is going to take a little bit. Oh, yeah. uh, maybe for uh, We definitely have to have you on again for Book of Boba Fett, though. Definitely. Definitely. Can't oh, yeah. For that. But we're not talking about Boba. We're talking about Goodwill hunting. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, as you beautifully already explained, Hunter, yeah, Goodwill hunting... Um, this is the big one, you know, or at least, you know, we're, we're getting to the, the big boys now. Uh, you know, this is his Oscar win. This is his Academy Award winning performance. So in a way it's like, how do you not choose this one as his best? You know, like, at least that, that's what the world is saying. Cause like, you know, he won an Oscar for this. So yeah, 1997 directed by Gus Van Sant. Yeah. Uh, the writers are also... The stars, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Uh, ben Affleck, you might know as, you know, uh, Batman. <laughs> and, oh. Matt, and Matt Damon, don't... Uh-oh, Tony did not like that. <laughs> no, no, Hunter actually didn't like that. He's the one who made that. Oh, I, I heard a... I was like, I was like was out, of, out of all the... the the Ben Affleck roles you choose, Batman? Well, what worse. else am I supposed could to... be Daredevil. Could be Daredevil. I could have said Daredevil. But, like, what what other role would I would I have mentioned? Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe Gone Girl. I would have said maybe Daredevil. Oh, yeah, I guess Gone Girl. Love All Gone Fears, Bartleby and Dogma, Holden and Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy I've never seen, but I someday I will. Oh, boy. Looks like you guys are going to have to do a miniseries, NYC Talk Kevin Smith. 
Oh shit! No way! No fucking way! There's like what? It's like one good movie, right? <laughs> whoa! 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 <laughs> Nicholas Mana, we will not insult the great Kevin Smith in my presence. I love Kevin way, Smith, but how many was a key movies? Player having this particular movie made. <laughs> what? No, Kevin Smith was a key player in getting Goodwill Hunting made. That is true, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes, he he actually didn't want to direct it. Uh, he was like, uh, "We need someone really good," and and so he was he was definitely involved with the picture and and who directed the movie, which I already mentioned, Gus Van Sant. Uh, so yeah, you might you might know Ben Affleck from Batman, as I mentioned, or you know Gone Girl, Chasing Amy, and you might know Matt Damon from Team America. <laughs> Matt Damon. Anyway, that joke uh, failed. Um, okay, so anyway, um, uh, so yeah, this is a big movie. Um, yeah, let's just get into it. This is a this is a big one for Robin Williams, for Matt Damon, and Ben Affleck for for you know just like film history. Uh, so yeah, uh, Tony, uh, your thoughts and and feelings about Goodwill Hunting. Okay. So, uh, full disclosure, I had I didn't see Goodwill Hunting until last year. Um, uh, lockdown and quarantine seemed like a good time to watch all the movies that I've been meaning to watch, but I never got around to. And my first exposure to Goodwill Hunting was actually Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back with that awesome scene where it's Goodwill Hunting Two, Hunting Season. It's a scene that I quote a lot that I always found very funny, even though I had no no sense of or no context like cultural context for that scene but i finally did get to see the movie um and it fucking it fucking broke my heart it's so good it's such a beautiful movie um and i was really worried that it was gonna be one of those things where it got hyped up too hyped up over the time it was like a flash in the pan um but man Man, it holds up. It's and it's probably object like objectively Gus Van Sant's best movie out of any movie he's directed. Um, uh, it's 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 damn near perfect. And of course, Robin Williams is a standout. He's just yeah. Not enough can be said about this performance. Um, and I, I think the Oscar was definitely deserved. Um, I don't know. I have to say, I. I May have a bit of a hot take on what I think his best performance is, but we can get into that later. Um, may not be as out of a take, but I don't. But this for me is not the not the be- his best performance, although it is definitely in his top five, maybe even top three. So it's 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 high up there. It's a uh, it's it's great. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, we'll definitely have to. Uh, talk about what your your favorite yeah. performance of his might be because yeah this is this is the one you know like a lot of people talk about and obviously with these last four or five episodes you know now these are just like the ones you know that like mm-hmm. so many people talk about but it's true like this one and I'll, yeah my my thoughts on the movie are that yeah it's great and uh mm-hmm. and robin williams is far and away the best part of the movie i think he's fan fucking tastic and yeah. he he's he there's a certain like quiet energy in his performance that i think is just like mesmerizing it's 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 mesmerizing where you where like you know you you almost don't know what he's thinking 
but like it doesn't matter because like you're just glued to to him and like his relationship with like Matt Damon and and uh, Stellan Skarsgård uh like all those scenes just like really really work and i'm pretty sure like every scene that he's in like made me tear up uh and uh yeah it's just a a a monumental performance and already amazing career uh do i think it's his best performance we will see i i think it really is up there like you said tony but i'm i'm still trying to decide if it's his best because these last three or four episodes have it's just been so hard and and this series has been crazy because robin williams was one one of a kind so yeah yeah. so i mean yeah i mean he's he's amazing i mean the thing about this performance is um every performance of his no matter how outlandish i always had this humanity to it this warmth um and to see that warmth in this role in spades but in 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 a character that has his walls up and you still buy that this character would have these kinds of walls up it's it's pretty electric to see it's like you know i mean the best the best stories and the best characters is always conflict and uh he just like he doesn't have like an inner conflict in terms of a ter- of turmoil or anything like that. I don't know if that's necessarily the right way to brand it, but you could see is that that sort of that pragmatism that wants to stop him from reaching out to to Will, but he he just can't help it and and it's it's a beautiful relationship. I think it's one of the best pairings in cinema history, the two of them together. Yeah, I think Matt Damon's uh, a very good in the movie too, uh, and and we'll get into more of uh, the story and the performances once Hunter uh, uh, explains uh, his thoughts on Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, uh, I had never seen this movie. Always heard of it. Obviously, it's like cinema history, but I had never seen it. I think Wait, this is your first time watching the movie. Yes. Wait, what? I know. I, I know. feel like I, I I feel like we've texted before about you saying like, oh, I've already seen it, but I guess Mm-mm. I guess I was wrong. I I, seen, I that's interesting. Yeah, I've seen a few um uh like scenes like on the t- like watching TV or whatever, but I've never seen the full movie. So some scenes were more familiar than others, but I've never seen the the whole movie like through. Oh wow! And so and I, I'm so happy that was a thing because I don't know if I would have appreciated it if I was any younger than I am right now. Uh, I honestly, I just saw it last night. I think this is the best movie ever made. (laughs) I, there, there was nothing wrong with it. And like, I, I didn't feel bored once, uh, all everybody that's in the movie. I think there's like five, four Oscar winners in this movie and five Oscar nominees. Uh, and yeah, I the, the cast is stellar, and Robin Williams in it is like not Robin Williams. And I I know we keep kind of saying that, but like he really transformed. I had no idea that like yeah. like uh, Tony, how you said like he's not doing he he doesn't have like a shtick or something like that that he's doing. It's just like no. oh he's just living and breathing in this role, and it's magnificent and. Yeah, I. The, the, there was him. one more. Mi- sorry, sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no go ahead. Get, 
th- there was one moment where I saw that Robin. Not I don't think shtick again. I don't think shtick is the right word in terms yeah, of yeah. his performance. But I did see that Robin Williams that we kind of know, Jordan to know who's like over the top. There's one moment, but it it works so well is that when he's talking about the the like having to skip the ball game. No, he chose to skip the the World Series to meet his wife for the I think it was for the first time at that right point. Like, I think that's like the only opportunity for him to like yeah you like, know like and, to do various uh, uh characters in a way you know like he's 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 kind of yeah. doing a voice for like the announcer he's doing the voice for like you know or you know he's just it's yeah. like the only time like he you know he's able to be like you know kind of funny and it and it works it doesn't stick out it, it doesn't stick out I think it works just just beautifully um I mean, actually, no. It, it. I actually think it does in a good way. I think it sticks out because you know it's the first time in the entire in the entire movie where he actually lets that sort of inner child play the the character, and it's like, oh, it's there. You know, the wall is being broken down. It's it, it's magnificent. It's a masterclass. You know, he's he's someone who I've always felt that as an actor has gotten really under has, re, has been really underestimated, um, because. I've seen a lot of his movies, and I'll be the first to admit that not all of them are great. Some of them are downright terrible. Especially in his uh, later years, you know, like uh, like the 2000s. You know, there's a few gems that we've already covered, actually, yeah. uh, in the series. But yeah, like, that, that was basically a time in his life where, like, most of the movies that he was doing just yeah. weren't very good and weren't very successful. Yeah. But uh, and 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 true, I like I, I definitely agree with you that there are some gems, which in my opinion, some of those gems are some of his best work, like Insomnia. But even in those movies that are subpar, he's never the reason why I don't like them. He's always just right on the money. He's always Ex- perfect. Exactly. That that's that's it's almost like you've been on every episode of our <laughs> of our podcast series because that's literally like I'm, I may have been listening. Oh, you may have been listening. I see, um, but uh, but but that's pretty much like everything we always say about the guy. That you know, like he, he that he was a legend. That it was never his fault if if like a movie didn't work. Like he was always like the best part, for the most part. Like like yeah, like everything you said, Tony. Perfect. Yeah, and in fact, the usually the movies are doing him a disservice, like, and that's why they're sure. not as great. You know, for sure, for sure. Uh, absolutely. I, you know, the thing is, I mean, I, I actually didn't listen to the insomnia episode. Um, cause I think that I kind of want, I kind of, cause I want to kind of listen to it once I'm back when I'm back in the two, cause I'm doing this project right now where I'm listening and watching movies from decades that I'm from every decade from the thirties to the 2010s that I've missed out on. And I'm going to compile my top 10 of each decade. So when I get into the 2000s, I do want to revisit insomnia. So I'm probably going to, I want to listen to the episode then. Um, and I, but I don't know if you guys touched on this. That movie has one of Al Pacino's best performances from that time period, probably. And, uh, and Hunter, top five. I <laughs> I remember that you mentioned. I mean, you'll I guess you'll listen to it and and, and have an yeah. opinion for yourself. But Hunter very clearly states in that movie, "I don't get the hype for Al Pacino." I'm sorry, oh, he's the same dog. <laughs> He's very much Al Pacino in like Ooh. everything. And, and, and I and I tried 
and I try to explain that just because it's not wildly different like something Robin Williams does doesn't mean it's not as impressive. Like a, like a, even like a mobster is you know maybe not wildly more different than a cop, but it's still different. Yes. So I'm going to I'm going to address that after I finish my point about Robin Williams because yeah, yeah. Al Pacino does great work and Robin Williams matches him beat for beat. And if you can hold your own against Al Pacino, who's a fucking sheer force of will and with a quiet intensity, mind you, that you don't expect the guy who did Mrs. Doubtfire to be able to handle. I mean, the, the guy, the guy's, the guy's amazing. He's Robin Williams is, is just like, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, we will, we will never, we will never get another actor like him. We won't. But and you can cut this out, Nick, if you want. But as for Al Pacino, if you have you ever seen Hunter, have you ever seen Angels in America? No. Okay. And I assume you've seen The Godfathers, right? No. <laughs> then you then you can't no. talk. You can't no, no, talk. No, no. You can't talk. I, no, no, that's why I say you're done. From what I've from what I have seen. <laughs> But also what insomnia? That's it. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I also know that I am probably wrong. Jack I'm and not, Jill. I'm, you I'm like not, him in Jack and Jill? <laughs> I'm not married to this opinion. Dunkachino, you don't like the dunk? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not married to the opinion. However, that's what I think right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like Hunter is lost in the QAnon of bad actor opinions he's actually willing to change his mind that's you know? true that's true he's always as 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 much as i try to challenge his opinions he always if he really believes it he will change his mind yeah <laughs> but i mean it is kind of the q of, of of actor opinions like al pacino's bad have you seen oh, no, no, no. This, this great oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm i'm joking but it's like yeah. al pacino's not that great like have you seen his some of his best work no then how do you know? Because, you know? Because. <laughs> because. Because. No, no, no. I, I don't think that he's bad, per se. But. <laughs> he's okay. But it still, it still holds, you know? But oh, but I am willing to have my mind changed. Because I want to like Al Pacino. Yeah. I do. And it, I think Al Pacino wants to like you, too. I think, I think we're, we're a relationship that, that needs to happen. You know, That's Hunter, cool. I don't really give a fuck about liking you one way or another. <laughs> I really don't. So maybe you take your piss and self and maybe watch something other than just fucking insomnia and then maybe judge me then. <laughs> oh, hun oh, oh, Hunter, Hunter, oh, you ma oh. you're, making, you're making me so sleepy. I'm so tired. This episode of NYC Actors Talk Al Pacino. <laughs> yeah, this is an Al Pacino podcast now. Um, so anyway, let's let's get back to yeah. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting yeah, is the movie sure. we're talking about. Uh, Goodwill Hunting is the movie. So, uh, so yeah, let's just kind of like kind of run through like some of the major uh, stuff that happens in the movie. So we we kind of open on Matt Damon. You know, he's reading in this really like. Str strange in a good way like kind of kaleidoscope kind of opening uh kind of i guess just kind of going through his mind like how he how his mind works and everything and we see the status quo where like you know ben affleck knocks on that door he gets out you know he you know he all he does basically is just like drink with his friends and just be a wise guy in boston uh, you know a southie boston guy uh and 
he's an asshole. Uh, there's no way to interpret that any other way. It, he's just, you know, he's he's kind of a dick. And, you know, you, you can see, especially by the end where he's coming from, but, like, you know, especially in the beginning, he's just like, yeah, he's picking fights, he's doing all this stuff. So, yeah, he's not a very nice guy, but he's smart. He's very, very smart. I mean, he's genius level. I mean, it's like he, he's always an asshole. Um, he's always I mean, he's he, he's an asshole, obviously, but it's but from the get go, you, you already get the sense that there's it's coming from like a deep sense of pain and self-loathing where it's like, which, you know, I I can relate to not that I am a genius by any stretch of the imagination. And not that you're an asshole. I don't think I'm an asshole. No, I don't. Well, I, I hope not. I will confirm. Uh, Tony is not an asshole. <laughs> Some out there might disagree. Um, and if you do, uh, fuck you. Um, yeah. I, I relate to the, I do relate to the idea where it's like, you know, you're surround. It, it, sometimes uh, the environment around you kind of gets you into this, this idea where you're not worth what you're actually worth, you know? And, and I don't think you need to be a genius to really relate to that. You know, I think, so, I think we live in a time where, you know, our like everybody's worth, regardless of how smart you are, how talented you are, is undeniably taken for granted, and it never should be. And I think, and th that's the beautiful thing about this character. I think you know, um, and I think that the movie also makes the point that he's not that that Will isn't worth it because he's a genius. Will is worth it because he's worth it. Um. Uh. Yeah, so I, 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 and and but so the, the fact that he's a, the but the fact that he's a genius is kind of a metaphor for it's like what is it that you bring to the table? So I think yeah, so I think uh, I I love the character from the from the beginning. You get a such a sense of nuance from Nat Damon. This is also probably his best performance too. It might be, uh, yeah, but I I'm I'm glad you you said like nuance because yeah, like even though he's you know obviously he's not a great guy and everything, like he it it definitely comes from a place where like. You understand him, and he's not irredeemable. So it's not like you know odd that like he has a that he has a character arc by the end of the movie. But yeah, so that that's kind of the status quo. And then he's a janitor for this college. Uh, you know, the uh, Stellan Skarsgård is like a professor, and he's like, oh, you know, I have this equation up at the you know uh, uh, in the hallway. You know, it, whoever's smart enough, um, uh, you know, give it a try. It's in, it's basically impossible, but give it a try. And then Matt Damon is like, "Got it, done." Uh <laughs> you know how easy this is for me. Do you know how easy this is for me? <laughs> I love that line when he says that. It's so like, oh, he's so great. <laughs> but yeah, so like he's you know he's a genius, so he solves it easily. And and Stellan Skarsgård is like, "Who did this?" And, uh, you know, he, you know uh, uh, one thing leads to another. He finds out that it's Matt Damon. He kind of runs away when, once he's found out. And he tracks him. And he's like, okay. Um, uh, I, I, like, he, oh, well, well, before even that, like, he's arrested because he was fighting some dudes. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they seem like assholes. But, like, it's out of line, you know, to just, like, kind of punch someone in the face for no reason. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> even though, like, even though they might deserve it, it's kind of like, well... It doesn't look good t for you, you know, to like, like to just punch someone just because of that. That's um, Boston, baby. That's Boston. That's Boston, baby. That's Boston, motherfuckers. Yeah. Boston. How you like them apples? Like them apples, huh? <laughs> and also, sorry, uh, uh, just before I forget too, just because the thought came into mind, I like that um, in the scene where like Ben Affleck's hitting on the girl, and then the guy comes up and tries to make him feel stupid, and then. Uh, 
Will Hunting comes up and makes him kind of feel stupid. I like that he doesn't really use, like, his intellectual ability for, like, evil. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the guy that came up and tried to make Ben Affleck feel stupid, it's like, oh, you fucking dick. You know what I mean? I, I think that uh, that scene really shows something about his character. Well, it shows that he has a heart. You know what I mean? It shows yeah. that, like, even with everything we've seen already, that there's something, like, w- within him that's, like, leaking out, you know, mm-hmm. espe- you know, especially with that equation and then, like, that moment where he stands up for his friend. Like, it's there. It's just It just needs to be let out more, and that's where, you know, Robin Williams comes in into the movie because, you know, like, he, he's seeing shrink after shrink and he's just being an asshole to them. And so they're like, okay, I'm out. What I wanted to say about that scene is that it's also the scene that, uh, a, scene, a scene where you kind of see that he knows how to read people. You know, that's the first time you knew because he, he could beat the shit out of this guy. He could go full, like, you know, macho, like, oh, you're messing with my friend. I'm going to mess with you back. But he decides, no, I'm actually going to humiliate him intellectually. Um, it's pretty, and it, which is pretty fantastic. So that scene ends with like, how do you like them apples? He got Mini Driver's number. Something I wanted to uh, bring up, I earlier today I was I was listening to an Ethan Hawke interview, right? And he was talking about Jack Nicholson. But I could relate the same thing to Robin Williams. He really kind of, um, in all of his roles, uh, like what it takes, like, or what it is to be a man, he kind he flips that, like, a lot. You know what I mean? It's like, you have all these actors and like big movie stars that are like, fuck man, you know what I mean? But he, he takes the leading man and makes it very like emotional. If that makes sense. You're talking like, about Jack Nicholson on uh, Robin Williams. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I, I, I've been really interested um, in that with all of his roles. It's like take anybody else in this role or any Robin Williams role. And it's very, very different and not like as, um, like, doesn't have as much heart as he can put into things, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's interesting that you bring that up, uh, because, yeah, if he was still with us today, I think that we would champion more of his, like, kind of views on that, because now we're searching for someone to tell us that, and, you know, Robin isn't there to tell us that, uh, but it's true. Everything he, he ever said was true on that front, as you were saying. Because I, I think the thing is, his masculinity manifests itself in dignity. He always, he, when he put every plays these kinds of characters, there's always like a quiet dignity where it's like, you know, a, a lot of the times with toxic masculinity, there comes an insecurity that you feel the need to prove yourself. You need to have the best car. You need to have the you know, the get the most amount of women, you have to get the most beautiful woman, uh, you know, which is all, which is a whole other me- uh, mess altogether, obviously. But, you know, but for the sake of this conversation, it's like, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like always a need to one up some other dude. Like I'm, I'm the manly, so I got the biggest muscles or whatever. Mm. And the thing with this character with, uh, with Robin Williams, it's like, you know what? I have nothing to prove to you. You did. You either accept my help or you don't. I'm not dealing with your like. I'm not dealing with your nonsense. You know what I mean? And not in not in a cruel way where it's like. He recognizes that Will is in pain, but he's not willing to put up with, you know, buffoonery. He 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 wants. 
he he does want Will to suck it up and help himself. You know, and th- and that's the thing that I love about these characters that he 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 tends to play. It's like there's a quiet dignity about him. Which yeah, is really, exactly. Really cool. And uh, like, yeah, so like you know, Robin Williams comes into the movie once again, as we mentioned, Hunter. Like pretty much every episode now, he shows up like maybe thirty three minutes into the movie. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because this movie's good. But like, it's a build up once again. It's like oh, once he he once he's finally on screen, it's like yeah you know but but like yeah he he unlike the other therapists he affects matt damon's character uh uh, will you know where like you know he'll actually be sarcastic back at him you know and and he'll you know be a little tough you know give him some tough love you know in in this phenomenal scene maybe my favorite scene of the whole movie where he you know, Matt Damon's like, oh, what's the painting? And, you know, we realize later, you know, it's his and, you know, and, and it brings him back memory and it, and it brings back memories about his wife and everything who's gone. But Matt Damon doesn't care. He just says, yeah, not a great painting. Am I right? And then he kind of, you know, once he knows he's found a sore spot, he's like, oh, OK. It's about this girl, right? What, she leave you? What's up with that? Let's investigate that. And he's like, no. Strangles him in this perfect moment that everyone, you know, everyone, uh, you know, uh, uh, everyone loves this moment. But yeah, you know, he and he says, you disrespect my wife again. I'll kill you. I'll fucking kill you. It's and that's the thing. It's one of those moments where, like, no matter how pacifist you are, you're like. I get it. I, I get why you lost it. I think I misquoted. Uh, he he says, um, "If you disrespect my wife again, I will end you." He doesn't even say "kill," which I think is even more powerful. Yeah, yeah, and it it almost makes you want to maybe hurt him a little more because that that pissed me off too. I was like, dude, that 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 is the moment where I I realized, oh wow, you really are an asshole. Because before Robin Williams enters the picture, it's like, oh, like he's cocky, he's funny, like, but ultimately likable. And then at that moment, it's like, you fucking prick. Like, how dare you assume something about somebody's life? You know, well, it's it's a risky moment because on the one hand, he is being just completely and totally fucking disrespectful. He's being a complete and utter jerk off. There's no other way of putting it. But on the other hand. You know, it does get you thinking, like, shit, how many fucking shrinks has this guy been to that give him the same bullshit, and he's, and, you know, nine times out of ten, like, he's got to figure them out so that way he can just kind of go on about his life, go on about his day, keep his head down, you know? It's a very risky moment because he is, it's one of those rare moments where, like, the char- a, a character is allowed to be unlikable in the moment, but doesn't, but it's still doesn't take away from the ability from like your audiences want to see him succeed because it is coming from a place of pain but sometimes sometimes people use that pain as an excuse to get away with some really heinous shit and this was one of those moments where like you know what no i I don't care what what self-esteem issues you have like you cross the line don't cross it again yeah and speaking of lines yeah it's a fine line to do that because 
you know, in some movies, if a character did that, you'd just be like, all right, I'm out. I don't believe this character or or not even that, but just like I don't want to follow it or root for this guy. But yeah, it, it, it doesn't go like that because it's it's so smartly crafted and, and handled and performed by Damon and Williams in that scene. And, and that's like one of the best Robin Williams moments maybe ever, you know, it, it's just so good. And, and so like we kind of go back and forth throughout the movie between scenes with uh, Matt Damon and, and Minnie Driver, who's the, the girlfriend. And by the way, uh, I this is the first time I notice this because I, I have an ear for this thing, I guess. But Minnie Driver is also the voice of Jane in Tarzan, Disney's Tarzan. Oh yeah. shit! So I didn't know. Yeah, he was. She was the voice of Jane, and uh, she, by the way, is very good in this movie too. She might be my second favorite character. She's amazing. I yeah, I don't know if I could uh, uh, say another role other than Tarzan Jane um, that she's been in, but she's crazy good in this movie. Like specifically that scene with uh, her and Matt Damon, um, the the fighting scene where like he mm -hmm. punches a wall a few times. Oh my gosh, I I cried like three times during that one scene. It was crazy. Yeah, it's powerful, and the way like it ends with just like him saying like I don't love you. It's just like such an inverse, you know, because like most scenes like that play out like okay I do love you, but like for him to still at that moment like not back down on his kind of assholery and and still say like no i refuse i i don't love you i'm not gonna so i'm not gonna admit and be vulnerable to you i just i just can't do it it's an it's one of the ultimate acts of self-sabotage yes it's not self-sacrifice he thinks it's self-sacrifice but it, no it's self-sabotage it is devastating to watch and it, it it actually says something about how well matt matt damon performs it that Nine times out of ten in a scene like that, I only have sympathy for the other character. I actually have a little bit of sympathy for him. Mostly for Minnie Driver's character, but I actually have a little sympathy for him. Right, and that's, I think, what makes the scene work so much. Like, yeah, obviously you don't, you know, you're not on his side so much that it's, like, you know, irresponsible and, like, what? Wait, what? why are we doing this? But, like, but also, like, you, you understand it. Yeah. And it says something about Matt Damon, the whole movie, too, uh, how Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wrote this movie. I don't think if, if they're not in this movie as well, I don't think it's as good. Well, it's so personal to them, you know, like they yeah. they actually, right? They actually lived in Boston and, and you yeah. know, we're, are still are very good friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and so, yeah, it's so, right. it's so yeah. personal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, sometimes... It's very tough being a cinephile because sometimes, you know, you have certain folks that like they like their movies a certain way. And if it's not that way, it's automatically bad. And the thing uh, or and if it doesn't have like an auteur's vision or it doesn't have a, a vo like a specific voice or what have you, that it's automatically trashed. And, and the thing is, is that this movie is such a beautiful exercise in simplicity in an odd way. Um, there's a lot of emotional complexity, but the stakes are not high, but they're personal and they, and, and, and they play it to their, and yes, then they play it to their strengths and their chemistry reads through. And it's just, and it's an incredibly emotionally intelligent script, probably one of the most emotionally intelligent films I've ever seen.
Yeah. And that's what makes that movie sing. And a lot of this movie's detractors kind of point to it as almost like a flaw. As it's like, oh, it's manipulative or whatever. It's like, you know what? No, no, it's not. And you know what the hell you're talking about? No, this movie is insanely well made. Also, insanely just, well just to just to kind of jump on that kind of argument, uh, Tony, I, I 100% agree with you. But like when people say that, I, I, I ask, okay, but were you affected by it? Yeah. And, and if the answer is yes, then I don't care if I was being manipulated. It worked. You know, for sure. You know what? I mean, and I don't know how you feel now. I mean, obviously, a lot has happened since we had our discussion about Gina Carano and the Mandalorian. Yo, this is <laughs> yeah. I, I literally listened to that episode recently and I was like, yo, I predicted the future. <laughs> I and I did this on Lost, too. I was like, I don't like this character. And then they killed off the character. I have this power, I guess, where I, yeah, no, I where, Nick, where I where I say something and then it happens. Yeah, Nick, be very careful with this power. Just be very careful. It is a precious gift. But um, but yeah, but I don't want, but I'm, and I'm not gonna touch on that. You know, whoever, uh, whoever is listening to this will feel how they feel, and that's perfectly they're well entitled to that that opinion. Um, but we did have this discussion about Gina Carano, about and and her performance in that role, and it's like, and I agreed with you, Nick, that no, as an actor, as a proper trained actor, she was the weakest one, but in that role for what that role called for, she was kind of perfectly cast. You know, and she, I and I uh, and I disagree, <laughs> and that's fine. But it's but that's the kind of dichotomy when I'm when I'm talking about it. As far as uh, uh, production value goes, and like money or what have you, uh, apparently Robin Williams took a a, a massive pay cut uh, to do this movie. Um, is yep. what I heard, and I I think that's awesome. And I, I was watching an interview right before we uh, we hopped on, and what he was saying was like. Yeah, like it probably would have been made without me, right? Like this movie would have been made without me and it would have gone on and done great things, but I didn't want it to. He's like, I, I taking this pay cut was like a great decision. And I, that's so awesome that, uh, that he would do that. Where not a lot of actors would be so bold. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting that you mentioned that because in Aladdin, same thing, you know, he, didn't take a, a hell of a lot of money that he could have because he's, he was a star at the time, mm -hmm. uh, but he didn't. And and instead he was just like, I, I just want to do this because I, I want to and, and for mm -hmm. other people and, and everything. Yeah, he was so selfless in that way. Uh, it, it's kind of the same thing with, with World's Greatest Dead, too. It's like a very small movie and it's pretty, you know... Uh, uh, not, not super well known, obviously, but like it's it's well known enough because of him. But but like he didn't have to do a movie like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, what's it called? He lets his like artistic vision, uh, like I don't know how to say that, but artistic vision not be clouded by like the want for money, which is cool. Yeah, and it pays off obviously because the man won an Oscar, so. There you go. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah, and I think well-deserved, but I also think, like, m most of his other nominations, w he should have won. So, like, you know, it, it, it doesn't say that much just because, like, his other performances are great, too. Well, it, 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 which ones in particular? I'm curious. Uh, in my humble opinion, anyway, um, because, you know, this was his only Oscar win. But I think he not only should have 
one for Fisher King because mm-hmm. I think he's he's amazing that movie. But yeah. but also I I think you know he he, sh- he probably should have won for Dead Poets too. As as of this recording, we've recorded it, but we have I don't know if it'll actually be released by the time this comes out. But on our Bond podcast, we actually did an episode completely dedicated to the summer of 1989 because uh, it was the year that one of the Dalton Bonds came out. But it was also like a year where if you're any sort of like cinephile or any sort of film enthusiast, it was there was something that came out that was important to you that year. I mean, this is the year that um, Little Mermaid came out. There's a little year. This is the same year that Ghostbusters 2 and Batman 89 and Last Crusaders. uh, Sorry, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Dead Poet Society was one of those movies, you know. So it, it's just kind of it's just kind of interesting that this was a chalked year, a really really heavy year. So it's like if you're a Disney enthusiast, eighty nine is important. Th- like you guys are talking about in this series, Robin Williams, one of his top notch performances, nineteen eighty nine. You're a comic book movie fan, nineteen eighty nine is important to you. It's 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 kind of insane. It's kind of insane. I mean, that's kind of one of the reason why like the the movie that we talked about, License to Kill, got buried because it was such a chockful year. Mm. But in that crowded year, I have to agree with you that Robin Williams should have won for Dead Poets Society. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that year because yeah, it's like I I think even still to this day, the uh, like media and everything is kind of affected by that year you know we're, we're getting new ghostbusters movies we're getting a new indiana jones movie we're getting new you know disney movies that are like the little mermaid and you know and and we at least dramas try to replicate what the poets did for robin and, and just in general so like yeah that's a you're right huge year man huge year. which i say to the movie industry move on Create another 1989 year of its own. Move on. Stop <laughs> remaking movies. That's true. That's true. But also, can't wait for Indiana Jones five. <laughs> just because so, James, just because uh, James Mangold is directing it. Hey, listen, I'm in. Don't make. Don't do remakes. Sequels. I'll take sequels. Don't more. No more remakes. No more yeah. remakes. Yeah. No more remakes. All I'll say on on the Indiana Jones matter. I love Indiana Jones, but also. Dude's ninety. No, Dude's okay. like almost ninety. No, 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 no. You know this guy in his early seventies survived a plane crash like it was nothing. Okay, he is that durable. So you know what? <laughs> if anyone is going to keep playing Indiana Jones, I buy it. I don't buy any old set. Like if it was Michael Caine playing Indiana Jones, <laughs> I'd be like, no, retire him. He's old. Fuck it. <laughs> but it's Harrison Ford worth it the nominees for, for in 1998 too he was up against some stacked uh performances as well Yeah, he was yeah like uh, uh anthony hopkins uh robert F- uh forster burt reynolds greg kinnear and then rob williams himself and the fact that he won too like so deserving as well yeah like, and his uh his acceptance speech is very very to the point and i and but it's also very sweet i I, I i constantly oh sorry what Oh no! Uh, uh, and his style is like, I love that man's outfit right there. What yeah. a what a fashion icon! He's rocking the he's rocking the the glasses, uh, and that great joke he he says about like you know about Ben Affleck and Matt Damon like, hey, I still need to see ID from you too. 
Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, but, but back to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so anyway, we're juggling scenes with him and Minnie Driver, Matt Damon and Minnie Driver, and Matt Damon and Robin Williams. And uh, and as much as I like this movie, like the, the scenes with Matt Damon and Robin Williams are clearly like the standout scenes. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, uh, I would have liked, if I were to critique this movie... I would have liked to see maybe more of that. Maybe maybe that's the, the focus of the movie. I mean, obviously, we need those rom- romantic scenes, of course, and I think they're very sweet. And we won't, you know, we, we won't describe all of them. But like, you know, when they're hanging out, eating, trying on glasses, like all those scenes are just like very endearing. And and once again, the performances are great. But I think just from a structure story standpoint, I I think maybe. Uh, the the juggling act could have been uh, a slightly better, at least in my opinion. Um, hmm. I guess I, I'm not gonna argue. I'm not gonna argue too much against like whether they could have been structured better. Um, because I, I, I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair argument. If you're saying Good. you would have, <laughs> not saying you're not gonna say. If you're saying that you would have cut them or cut them back. That I don't agree with. Well, that's not what I'm saying. Um, I'm just saying that we okay, need so. that we need to not cut yeah. them, but we just need to maybe yeah. balance some other scenes okay. out. Because I, as much as I like those romantic scenes, yeah. I, I think the scenes with Robin and him hit so much harder for me that, like, if a whole movie was like that for me, I, I would just be like, this is just one of the best things ever. But but everything else is very good too. But I think Robin Williams is such a standout in this that like. Not to say that the rest of the movie is bad because it's very much not, but like, like I, I guess I, in a way, even though it's a wonderful, wonderful performance, I want more. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, but, but that's the mark of a good performance where you're left wanting more, you know. But the movie, but he's in it just the right amount. Um, quick note: uh, Minnie Driver was also uh, nominated that year for best supporting actress for Goodwill Hunting. She did not win. She lost to Kim Basinger for L.A. Confidential. Never seen that movie. Is that right? Confidential, dude. It's, it's all right. LA Confidential. Wait, what'd you say, Is Tony? It's It's Uh But, like, you know, this is me, like, being a nitpicker. You know, like, yeah. like, like, like this is just, like, 100% my ideal kind of movie. Like, you were kind of saying before, Tony, about, like, cinephiles and, like, you know, if it's not exactly this way. So I, I'm kind of being that right now just to, just yeah. to kind of, you know... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick those nits. Uh, <laughs> Sean, Robin Williams' character, Sean McGuire, she represents the chance that he wishes that he had had with his wife, you know, before she passed, you know, like, or at least, or at least the time that he wishes he had back, and how he almost screwed it up, and he doesn't want Will to do it. Obviously, and and they don't really spell it out in a way; it's subtle. But you do get the sense, like, don't screw this up, man. Like, I, I, I didn't, and I gave up something that would have meant the world to me to spend as much time with this woman as possible. And like, this woman is is worth it in every in every single way. It, there were, it, it wasn't subtle, wasn't like necessarily spelled out in the in the script all the time. But I thought that 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 relationship with that chemistry was very, very vital. This movie's about emotional honesty and emotional maturity in an environment that doesn't necessarily breed that kind of awareness 
on a regular basis. Totally, totally. So, I, yeah. yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I, I guess... Well, how am I trying to say this? I guess... Uh, I guess when it when it comes to the relationship and like how that affects her and him like you know being together because I think we see that obviously it's not like not there but I guess I want a little bit more of like how this affects Matt Damon like you know this girl loving him so much you know like we get that through the that fight scene and everything but I, I guess I, I wanted to see more of the positives, like, like why does he love her? And and once again, these are nitpicks, but I, I, I guess maybe just an, another beat or, or so, a, a character reflection where he's kind of like, oh, okay, this is why I'm, you know, so drawn to her, you know? Mm-hmm. Because right now we, we, we understand it. It's not, not there, but it's like, but we don't, a hundred percent see why he likes her oh i i don't agree with that at all oh yeah i I don't agree with that either i don't agree with that at all i think we get i think we get a lot of that um in their first date and specifically i think in their first kiss when they're both like eating and they have like their mouth it's like oh they're very very similar yeah as a matter of fact there, there are some scenes where he almost fights his attraction for her not his attraction that that's not right he's actually very open about how attracted he is to her but sometimes he'll fight his his want to commit to her and kind of like like almost hold that in because like like almost paralyzed with that fear and like that really that also plays into and that's not to negate what you're saying hunter i 100 percent agree with you that's a that's an it's it's more of a, an addendum like you know to yeah. your point that in not just in how he how how they interact in you know like lovey-dovey positive ways but also how that tension you yeah. know i definitely see like how he can because that's the thing. She challenges him. Mm-hmm. She's the only person who has ever really challenged him on his level. Not try to understand him, but actually challenge him. So I definitely, I definitely see. You know, his, yeah. his attraction to her is the same attraction to him wanting to fix, do the equation on the chalkboard. It's a challenge. You know, you know what? Yeah, I, ag- I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, you know what I mean? Let's normalize that, guys. Let's normalize uh, changing your opinion. Um, so, you yeah, you, uh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, so, so, anyway, uh, you, yeah, you guys said it beautifully. You're right. I guess I guess I'm just, like, maybe being a little nitpicky. Like, maybe maybe I just wanted a little more so we could, like, like yeah. as much as I was affected by that fight scene, I guess, like, to, to put it over the edge of, like, bet one of the best movies I've ever seen just because it's, so, you know, it's so highly regarded. You know, I guess I, I wanted to, like, really, like, oh, at the end with their relationship, which I wasn't, it wasn't like it wasn't there, but I guess, I guess in, in my perspective, I, I want a little bit more of that. And, and like, the same kind of uh, in, uh, intensity and, and yeah. great kind of back and forth that we got with the scenes with Robin Williams and Matt Damon. Well, and that's the thing. Uh, and I think what you're going, looking at Nick, and I, I don't, you know, was it a nitpick? Sure, but I think it also does speak to uh, something that the movie doesn't offer. And I don't mean this as a critique. I think this is one of the few movies that actually pulls this off and pulls it off very well with intention. There is actually no closure between the relationship between Skylar and Will, but it's played to its story to its favor because it kind of you kind of get the idea that. 
um, there's no closure, but because once the cameras, once the credits roll, he's on to a fulfilling life that he's always wanted to, but it has been too afraid to pursue, you know? And that's the thing, those kinds of, it, it, it just speaks to the human experience because the thing is, is that, you know, in, in most romantic comedies or romantic dramas, uh, you know, th there's like a, a sense of finality or a sense of, um, uh, like a like a three act structure to these kinds of relationships, and that usually that's not how relationships really play out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're sometimes they're messy, and but sometimes they're just you know what they're good, and then that's it. Mm -hmm. And that's not always the thing that's most cinematically exciting, but there's great joy in it. And I think that the movie does that such a such a great job by giving him an emotional closure with one chapter of his life, but leaving this bookend for a chapter that we hope that we hope and root for this character to move on with with Skylar. So and I, I and I think that's what you're what you're kind of talking about, Nick, if I'm interpreting it correctly. The movie does not have a sense of closure about that relationship because to give it a sense of closure would almost be kind of a uh, it would be a tragic end in one way not not in a oh someone dies but like they would like they would be broken up if they had to close the close that 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 relationship and by the end of that narrative by leaving it open-ended it also leaves hope oh yeah uh, it creates like a a fantasy like outlook yeah. on it where it's like oh the like you said like there's hope mm -hmm. it's like oh my gosh i'm so excited for, yeah. for this character to go on and yeah. experience new things just yeah. as like like in life obviously like mm -hmm. we don't know what's gonna happen next you it kind of reminds me of the ending of shawshank redemption you know when these two free men meet up at the end and like they get to live the rest of their lives as the best of friends mm -hmm. and you know what if we were to watch that movie it'd be the most boring fucking movie to watch <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like you get you get to encapsulate that joy of what that friendship brings to the, brings to that um, those two men in that moment where they're reunited, and then you can kind of just like fill in the blanks yourself. Mm -hmm. That's the that's a similar thing that what happens with with uh, Will and Skylar at the end of this movie. Yeah, I actually I love the ending. That's not that's not my issue. No, no, and I don't think that I'm not saying that your issue is the ending. I'm just talking okay. about that. Yeah, yeah. That your desire to see more is probably it could be from the fact that that particular storyline in the narrative doesn't have like a closure that's typical. No, I or, I'm more just saying like living in the relationship when we had it, you know, yeah. before that. But I but I but I totally you you said beautifully the uh, how the ending works, and so I'm not gonna. Yeah uh repeat that because yeah i uh, with the f you know few and <laughs> let's you know I, I like this movie guys uh uh but you know uh with the few issues i have you know the the endings really really works and uh just just before we we jump into some of the other like meaningful scenes to me at least and for you guys too i'm sure um, like I like Stellan Skarsgård's relationship with Robin Williams. I think they're an interesting, you know, like kind of same side of the different sides of the same coin kind of like thing where it's like, oh, you know, it, it, and, and Matt Damon's in the middle of it. You know what I mean? Where it's like he can either, you know, uh, take it, take up a job, you know, and follow this guy, Stellan, and be successful, but maybe not happy or, you know, uh, or, or 
follow Robin's path or, you know, uh, uh, Sean's mm. path where, you know, you, you're not, you're happy. And even though you might not have everything, you know, uh, a job wise or career, career wise or anything like that, you know, it, it's like you're, it, it's all about people. And we keep saying that. Mm in the podcast me and you hunter but like he's for the people and you know he's mm -hmm. he's it's about the little things individualistic things it's about a love for someone else something bigger than yourself it's not about you and so yeah. I, I i think that that's such a big through line too with with robin's work and so you know uh, both both kind of sides have their truth to them um, because and I love at the end that they're that Stellan Skarsgård isn't like a bad guy. It no. would have been it would have been so easy for him to just be. And he even says it in the movie like I'm not some mustache twirling like like guy who's like yeah. planning to ruin this kid's life. Yeah. It's like he's a real person too. Like even though like he has his yeah. he has his flaws, it's yeah. kind of like at the end of the day they're like, look, we feel differently about some things. Let's just go for a drink. Yeah. Yeah normalize having disagreements and still being friends no. exactly just just like this episode i mean look yeah. i mean and the thing is sometimes sometimes there is somebody said about that two perfectly honorable people with integrity are just not gonna like each other that's sometimes fine you know that is holy nuance who knew but what um, i like but what i like about it is at the end they they they're friends you know like yeah. even even after everything even all the resentment or or the kind of friction yeah. between the two by at the end of the day, they're they're friends, and they're going to go things are put out. back into perspective for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. Um, you know, something that got me thinking is, in a weird way, more so than any of his of his other movies or any movies that he's been in, this movie kind of encapsulates the Robin Williams spirit of small, unsaid, kind, uh, unspoken of kindnesses just for kindness' sake. You know, um, stuff like, you know, Will's friends getting him a car for his 21st birthday, you know, uh, Chucky admitting to him that, uh, not even admitting to him, like, just telling him the truth, but because it's like, hey, I believe in you, man. Like, stuff like, little little things like that, you know, because I, I, you know, um, the, the brief that you had for me, Nick, before... One of the questions, and it actually got me in a spiral. Um, I may or may not have started tearing, like crying uncontrollably when I got to thinking about it. Was why we love Robin Williams. Like, why does what does he means? Why does he mean so much to us? Um, and for me, the, the the why he means so much is because he kind of embodied that enthusiasm for the human condition. That ability to see the best in all of us, and the and the ability to want the best for 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 his fellow man. I mean, you hear stories like everything from you know the 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 actor who played April O'Neil in the first Ninja Turtles movie talking to uh, and you know Robin when he found out that she was in the movie, like gave her all this little tidbits because he was an avid comic book reader, and you know. Um, and she, you know, she took that to heart, and like, ne we probably, I, we never heard of this. Like, it's such a like underplayed thing that it was a story she told over years. Obviously, when he passed away, it became more passed around. But you hear stories of like when Christopher Reeve had his his accident, and 
<laughs> Robin Williams just bursts into the, the the hospital room, almost Patch Adams style, and starts acting like a, a German gynecologist. Like, I'm going to take care of you, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, uh, talking to Steven Spielberg every day on the set of Schindler's List just because Steven's, like, making this really difficult movie, and Robin Williams is just calling him, like, talking to him to cheer him up, tell him jokes, you know, like... It's, it's it's these little human kindnesses and moments that, you know, are so rare. And when I think of Robin Williams' filmography, this is the movie that more so than other, more so than anything else, like really sums up that part of his, of that, his appeal and his warmth and why he means so much to us. You know, I just wanted to get that out there. Oh my God. That was beautiful. Um, uh, I... Oh my god! <laughs> um, I I could not have said it better myself. Uh, oh, how do we top that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to no, I mean like what you're saying is beautiful. And to to kind of just uh, talk about that some more a little bit. Uh, the iconic bench scene that uh, he has earlier in the movie, his long monologue and everything, is also a wonderful moment. Where, like, where, you know, and the whole movie is saying this, too. Like, he's saying that I don't regret anything. I don't regret loving someone, even if there's pain after that. Even if there's pain after either, you know, just, like, to just to generalize, you know, just, like, if someone leaves or if someone dies, it was worth it. And, 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 and it, and it shows just through his actions and through his words and through his kindness as he said tony i can a person like sean mcguire exist can a person like robin williams exist yes yeah yeah and yes. It, it's it's almost daring in that sense where it's like it's it's it dares to say that you know what we can still be the best uh, the best versions of ourselves we can be we are uh, we can appeal to our better angels um and it does it in a way that's not schmaltzy. It's it's very emotionally honest. You know, I think my my problem with sometimes with with movies that can be didactic about those kinds of platitudes, whether they be, you know, uh, you know, a super progressive, you know, kind of film or a Christian fundamentalist film, is that sometimes they they paint a broad stroke, but don't acknowledge the very real world. That we live in, it doesn't acknowledge the nuances of what of of day to day life, and I think what this movie has to say is so powerful that you know uh, kindness and and love and friendship are worth it, but you know what, they're not easy, and that's that's okay, you know, and sometimes it's it's a very difficult road to get to that place of acceptance, to that to get to that place of. Of uh, the a feeling of self worth. It's and to, and to difficult, add to but that, it's worth it. And to sorry, and to and to add to that, you know that it's to even stumble, and you know to to kind of you know in that process of trying to connect with someone. Yeah. In in it of itself is worth it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be like I know everything. I know how to do everything. No, even like even if you fail at it, it's worth yeah. it. It's worth it. You know. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. I, it, it's such a it's such a beautiful message in such a beautiful movie. And uh, just to kind of wrap it up a bit, um, so 
uh, when when Robin Williams died, uh, and I mentioned the park bench. Uh, so there's a, I think even to this day there's a memorial there for for Robin that that yeah. that exact bench, yeah. where he did that scene. And it's just beautiful. It just, once again, just goes to show how many people were touched by his work and his love, you know? And also, uh, I guess while filming that scene, I mean, because Robin Williams was, like, huge, obviously. Um, Like, I think there was 3,000, not 3,000. There was some crazy number of people watching them film that scene. So uh, imagine, imagine seeing just walking by in the park or whatever and watching him do that scene live would have been amazing. And, but, uh, and also to, to, to his credit that he was able to make it as intimate yeah. as he did. Yeah. It, it, like you don't get a sense that it's anyone else in the world other than, the, than the, him, him and Matt. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine being like, I, don't, I definitely couldn't do that with 3,000 people watching no. me do it you know it's like because I, I mean we're all actors like we, we did theater we've done we, we've been on stage where there's a lot of people we feed off that energy and sometimes you kind of go over the top you just can't help it to be able to fucking super focus and be able to just like really get into the nuances of that amazing speech that amazing moment yeah I mean, yeah you know. it's it's beautiful um yeah yeah, and and let's talk about kind of the scene in a way. It's not your fault. Uh, that that whole scene. I'm a mess. Yeah. I I'm a blubbering mess. Uh, and you know, it, it's just so, it, it's so simple in a way. But it's 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 in. It comes from such a real place where it's like, I I'm you know I I'm human. I can relate to that. I'm I'm very hard on myself sometimes. So like for yeah. someone like Sean McGuire to just say to someone it's not your fault especially if it if it really isn't and you're just being like so hard on yourself for no reason then it it's such a it's freeing it's freeing yeah. it's freedom it, and and once again it's it's that that theme of freedom that or being free it's just it's just never going to escape his work no yeah. I'm free, you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, wonderful moment. I mean, I know that this is a Robin Williams podcast, and we talk about him. That is Matt Damon's scene, though. That is Matt yeah. fucking Damon's scene to do that with Robin Williams <clears throat> in the room, like not even in the room, but like you are acting across from Robin Williams, and to put on that performance in like I I understand it's not his first movie, but it. Like was his breakout role? Yeah, it, it was an important movie for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, before, like, the only thing that he did was a, a movie called Rainmaker, um, and he had like a pretty decent role in that. And but to do this with Robin Williams in the in the room, specifically that scene, wow! Just wow, wow! I mean, no, that's Owen Wilson. I know. <laughs> Wow. I mean, wow. but but I think that also speaks to Robin Williams' prowess as an actor, that he's not just a great actor when the camera's on him. He's also a very generous actor. Mm-hmm. You know, in a weird way, he's kind of like the Wayne Gretzky of actors, where it's like, you look at his you look at his records of what he's done himself, it's impressive. But almost what's more impressive is what he gives to his fellow actor to really, like, work with and really bounce off of it's it's really fantastic it's because Um, it's sorry um it's because he plays it's because he's in the moment you know what i mean like he's not thinking of 
anything else except I'm going to make you feel okay about yourself. I want you to know this. I want you to know that it's yeah. not your fault. I'm just going to focus on yeah. you. Yeah. It's this it's this warmth that's em- emanating from him. Um that it, and that's the thing. It's like when you when you look at him when you pay attention to to him in that scene, you know, it's you you also get a sense that it's a catharsis for him. As well as Matt Damon. Obviously, Matt Damon's catharsis is the one that's more, the most evident, the one that's front and center. Um, but you do get a sense that there was a catharsis for Robin, for Robin Williams, uh, for uh, for Sean, uh, for Sean McGuire. Um, yeah, I, I mean, also, uh, for that particular. Go ahead, go ahead, Nick. Sorry. Um, uh, I think the the key word is vulnerable. Like, yeah. he, like Robin is very vulnerable. Which is why it works yeah. so well, and why even when he's saying nothing, you kind of cry. Yeah. But also, you know, uh, his whole uh, Matt Damon uh, Will's character arc is about being vulnerable, yeah. and how and how scary that is, and how yeah. you know it's like you know what we were even saying before, like he he's just taking that leap. You know, uh, he's like, I'm gonna drive uh, away. I'm gonna see that girl, and that's you know, and that's. And that's beautiful. So, final thoughts on Goodwill Hunting, guys. Um, I do. I mean, I look. The the, the film is fantastic. Uh, the, it can't be said. Nothing can be said enough. Um, I guess the one thing that I do want to say that we really didn't touch on is, uh, and I think he it's often underrated how good his performance is and how crucial this character is. Is Ben Affleck as Chucky? Um, uh, uh, rightfully so. Yes, he. You know, when people think about this movie, you go to Matt Damon, you go to Robin Williams, you go to Minnie Driver. Very, very seldomly do people ever talk about Ben Affleck's performance in this, and I think that Ben Affleck in this movie is 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 he's pretty sensational. I have to tell. I have to say, you know, the um, he he's able to. Like the way he matter of fact in and almost in a matter of fact way supports his friend, you know. And the thing is, sometimes performances like that get ignored because you know some actors will try to make it like that moment in the construction scene. Like their actors would probably would make that like almost like a difficult thing to admit, or they would like scream at him, it's just, or scream at him, or what have you, or they would go in in a very over the top way. And the the way that Ben Affleck plays that moment, where it's like. Listen, I'm I'm gonna be your friend no matter what, but I'm also gonna tell you the truth, and you're wasting your time here, you know. Um, and he tells this this very like vulnerable, emotional thing, and it's like he does. But the fact that he doesn't like break down in tears or anything about it, he's just like he just say matter of fact, like best part of my day is those eleven seconds where like I'm waiting for you to come out, and hoping you're not there. Like fuck, like it just. It floors you because he he under, he plays it so matter of factly and so almost nonchalantly. So yeah, I I just I, want to throw that at there. Overall thoughts of the movie, it's it's wonderful, it's fantastic. I think Ben Affleck is also good in the movie. I I think you you hit it on the head where like yeah he's natural. You know he's not he's like a friend, 
Yeah, yeah. It kind of in a way Robin is, but like Ben Affleck is a friend more like, hey, he's your neighbor. Like he's he's this well, he's this Boston guy. He's you know he's gonna drink some beers with you, you know. But uh, so yeah, it's kind of that that natural thing. I don't love everything he does in that movie. I think there's a, a scene where like he. Um, he pretends to be, like, Will's, like... Oh, I think that part is so funny. Really? Where he pre- he pretends to be Will. Yeah, I think that part is absolutely... I think he does it so well. Where, like, yeah, I'm a fan. He just, con- he just fan. conned these people out of some money. <laughs> That's so good. Okay. Well, I, I, I didn't love it, but uh, but besides oh, yeah. that, I, I thought he was good in the movie. But, to, yeah, to, <laughs> to wrap up, uh, I think this is great. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, nitpicks aside, like, I, I think this is a phenomenal, uh, Robin Williams performance. I think this is absolutely one of his best, uh, uh performances and, and he very much deserved that, uh, Oscar because, uh, honestly long overdue. Um, uh, but we finally got it. Uh, he finally, he finally got it. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's just tremendous work. So, I uh, oh, Tony, I didn't ask, uh, how many... How many apples are you giving this? Well, I'm I'm giving it five five apples, my friend. Five apples. It's out of five, right? Uh, I we do ten here, but oh, you okay. Do you. Then, well, you do you, honey? No, no, no. Then it, then if it's out of ten, I'm gonna put you a nine, a nine out of ten apples. Nine out oh, of ten. So so now that it's ten apples, you give it nine apples. Well, yeah, you know because <laughs> the different, but it's like look at the ratio. You know, it's like. <laughs> If it was the five apples, like it'd be like what three quarter three quarters of a fucking apple. So I'd be like, fuck it, give him the full five apples. But now that it's like a little extended, I think it stands to reason. Tony, I gotta say, these are metaphorical apples, my friend. <laughs> now you know what? I'm fuck it. Ten out of ten apples. All right, <laughs> ten out of ten fucking apples. How do you like them apples? <laughs> oh man, bruh, <laughs> bruh. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, so I would I before you go, Hunter. Let me just uh, uh, nine, nine apples, nine apples. I guess eight or nine, something around there. Uh, I think it's a, a solid work uh, and and a tremendous Williams performance. Yeah, uh, I give this a movie uh, ten out of ten apples. Uh, this movie has now entered probably my top five favorite movies of all time. Uh, I I really do. I you really say that like, every movie. That's amazing. Uh huh. <laughs> you say that every movie. That's amazing. Oh no 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 no. Not not just in uh, uh Robin Williams. Maybe I do th- say that. Yeah, you though. do though. Yeah, like Awakenings. You, you said okay. that. Yeah, uh, Awakenings. Saying that, I think Awakenings. Fisher King. I was, yeah. I was a little uh uh high off of, but this movie really. I <laughs> I don't. I haven't cried this hard in a movie in i think years and that's saying something because like i'll cry in a movie i will but this movie it really it touched me robin williams performance was amazing ben affleck all of it i mean even casey affleck he ad-libbed all those lines let's just i'll give him credit too i swallowed a bug uh she's so funny i love this movie 10 out of 10 awesome uh so uh hunter where are you ranking this performance look Folks, I'm not even. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. This is number one. This is number one. This has topped the Fisher King. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, Moose Fisher okay. King right now down to number two. So yeah, this is my number one. It's oh. awesome. What about uh, you? Uh, 
you know, the, the, it, it just keeps getting harder, Hunter. It mm-hmm. really does. Um, I, it's not my favorite movie we've done. Uh, but but it is great, and I already explained mm-hmm. why it's great. But, I, it, you know, ju- I, I only critique just because, like, you know, it, it's such a high bar. Uh, Robin Williams and his work and his movies and his roles but uh, I think I would give well yeah let me just run through it Uh, so uh, World According to Garp is uh, the last is on the bottom Uh, Hook Jumanji Mrs. Doubtfire Insomnia Moscow and the Hudson Good Morning Vietnam The Birdcage Awakenings One Hour Photo World's Greatest Dad, Goodwill Hunting, Aladdin, The Fisher King. All right, our our top three are still the same, a top different order, same, but so. but we still have the same top three, which is interesting. All right, um, I guess I because I, I, I haven't been on every episode of the podcast, I'll give you my top five. Mm-hmm. Sure. Just, okay. Yeah. Um, at number five is uh um is a uh, Dead Poet Society. At number four is Insomnia. Um, number three is The Birdcage. Number two is uh, Goodwill Hunting. My number one, might be controversial with this crowd, is Mrs. Doubtfire. Is Mrs. Doubtfire. And, I that's, can see, and that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I can see why. I mean, he, yeah. he kind of does a little bit of everything there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's... I don't think any any performance that he's ever done has showed just how much range this man has than that role. You know, he's able to do his shtick. He's able to do his his uh, his over the top comedy. He's able to show his humanity, and it all make it all wraps up into this wonderful character. I don't like where I put some of these movies now, <laughs> but, uh, but, well, but I, I do stand by that. Goodwill hunting is in the, I think in the top three or four, some, somewhere in, along that line. Yeah. Goodwill hunting. It, yeah. It'll remain in my top three. Hell yeah. For sure. All right. Well, that was our goodwill hunting episode. Uh, Tony Artiga, thank you so much for being such a great, great guest. Thank you for being such great, great host, and thank you for having me. Um, once again, my podcast is Bond and Beyond, a 007 podcast that I do with my wonderful co-hosts John Morgan and Rick Rodriguez, all of which we met at the Alamo Draft House, Brooklyn, in New York City. And um, I would love to have you guys on the podcast at some point, Hell which yeah. will be wonderful because our listeners should know that Nick has never seen a James Bond film, uh-uh. and Hunter has actually never seen... And I think you guys know that he's a big Pierce Brosnan fan. He's actually never seen any of the Brosnan Bonds. <laughs> so what? you might be asking, why are you a Pierce Brosnan fan? <laughs> and you've that- never seen his most famous work. It might actually be precisely because he's never seen his most famous work that he's such <laughs> yeah. a big Brosnan fan. But, um, but yeah, thank you guys for having me. This, this has been a great discussion. Yeah, I can't wait to have awful Bond takes with you. Uh, <laughs> my takes, not yours. Um, <laughs> just because I'll, I'll just be like, uh, uh, I don't know, he shoots. <laughs> I don't know, he shoots a gun. And he shoots a gun? Where's his golden eye? Oh, my God. His, <laughs> let me tell you something. Can you really fit all those gadgets in a car? Oh, my Lord. Oh, it's so unsanitary. What's the, what's, <laughs> what's, what, what is the insurance on such a car? 
on such oh, a vehicle. Oh my goodness. But yeah, uh, Tony, thanks again. Uh, and thank all of you for listening to our episode. Uh, we have been NYC Actors Talk Robin Williams, a miniseries uh, for our main podcast, uh, NYC Actors Talk Film. You can find us uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, okay? And uh, we have a website, NYC Actors Talk Film. Just type that up and you'll find us. Our, uh, we have a YouTube channel at NYC Actors Talk Film where we do video versions of our episodes. Shout out to Joey Dalton for the amazing, amazing artwork. Tune in next week where we'll talk... Oh, man. Tune in next week for our final episode where we talk Dead Poets Society. This is a huge one as well, just like this one, just like the past couple, uh, and and then that's it. Uh, the 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 end game is is near. It, yeah. Is there a reason you're not ending with Aladdin, King of Thieves? Get out. <laughs> yeah. Get out. Get out. Get out. Tony. All right, I'm muting Tony now. All right. No, Tony. Uh, actually, so... we're going to be ending with old dogs. <laughs> All right, now I'm muting Hunter. <laughs> All right, thank you guys so much for uh, for for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. I really did just mute them just now. Um, <laughs> oh, and Tony, let me unmute Tony. But just Tony. Uh, <laughs> where can we find you online, Tony? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Artiga Studios. I also have an Instagram for the James Bond podcast, uh, which is Bond Beyond Podcast. Um, that's where you can find us. All right. Thanks again, guys. We have been NYC Actors Talk Film. She used to fart in her sleep. And uh, goodbye. That's it.